Hello and happy Friday, friends and faithful listeners. Thank you for tuning in to the Bible Explained podcast, where we are in the book of Judges this morning. So on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, for those of you who are new on the podcast, I do an Old Testament episode on those days, and then on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I do a New Testament episode. And I do this mainly to break things up a little bit. But it's also really cool to switch back and forth from the Old to the New Testament to see how well they align with each other, even though they were written... uh, thousands of years apart from each other. So today we're actually going to be discussing in Judges, Jesus. Jesus appearing to the Israelites. Let's see why this is Jesus. So let's read Judges chapter 2 verses 1 through 17 today. As usual, I'll be reading out of W.E.B. But grab your cup of seven weeks coffee, the coffee brand that supports babies in the womb. 10% of all of their income go to pregnancy centers around the U.S., and they have raised thousands of dollars to help little babies get born. Now, the one caveat with Seven Weeks Coffee is that they only do whole bean. They only do whole bean coffee because when a baby is seven weeks old, they're about the size of a coffee bean, so it's kind of cute. But anyway, they only do whole bean coffee, and I understand if that's a little bit daunting for some of you guys. However, whole bean coffee is absolutely delicious. And so I bought some for myself. And at first, I just ground it up in my food processor. <laughs> so if you guys have a food processor, you can you can just grind up your coffee there. But then I ended up buying myself a little hand grinder, which was actually pretty cheap off Amazon. And it works fantastically. I just throw the beans in there and crank the little handle while I'm watching a YouTube video. And uh, a minute later, they're done and ready to go into my coffee pot. So that's an option you can do as well if you want to actually get into whole bean coffee. So I don't want to discourage you guys from getting whole bean coffee if you've never tried it before because it is actually pretty easy to just grind the coffee beans in whatever you have and make some delicious coffee while supporting a very good cause. So anyway, you're going to find the link to Seven Weeks Coffee in the description of this podcast episode. But let's go ahead and start reading Judges chapter 2 verses 1 through 17 today. I'll be reading out of the W.E.B. or the World English Bible. Yahweh's angel came up from Gilgal to Bochim. He said, I brought you out of Egypt, and I have brought you to the land which I swore to give your fathers. I said, I will never break my covenant with you. You shall make no covenant with the inhabitants of this land. You shall break down their altars, but you have not listened to my voice. Why have you done this? Therefore, I also said, I will not drive them out from before you, but they shall be in your sides, and their gods shall be a snare to you. When Yahweh's angel spoke these words to all the children of Israel, the people lifted up their voice and wept. They also called the name of that place Bochim, and they sacrificed there to Yahweh. Now when Joshua had sent the people away, the children of Israel each went to his inheritance to possess the land. The people served Yahweh all the days of Joshua, and all the days of the elders who outlived Joshua, and who had seen all the great works of Yahweh that he had worked for Israel. Joshua the son of Nun, the servant of Yahweh, died being 110 years old. They buried him in the border of his inheritance in Timnath, Harris, in the hill country of Ephraim, on the north of the mountain of Gash. After all that generation were gathered to their fathers, another generation arose after them who didn't know Yahweh, nor the work which he had done for Israel. The children of Israel did that which was evil in Yahweh's sight, and they served the Baals. They abandoned Yahweh, the God of their fathers, who brought them out of the land of Egypt, and followed other gods, the gods of the peoples who were around them, and bowed themselves down to them, and they provoked Yahweh to anger. They abandoned Yahweh and served Baal and the Ashtoreth. 
Yahweh's anger burned against Israel, and he delivered them into the hands of raiders who plundered them. He sold them into the hands of their enemies all around so that they could no longer stand before their enemies. Wherever they went out, Yahweh's hand was against them for evil, as Yahweh had spoken and as Yahweh had sworn to them, and they were very distressed. Yahweh raised up judges who saved them out of the hands of those who plundered them. Yet they didn't listen to their judges, for they prostituted themselves to other gods and bowed themselves down to them. They quickly turned away from the way which their fathers walked, obeying Yahweh's commands. They didn't do so. This chapter starts out by talking about Yahweh's angel, and this is Jesus. And the reason I know that this is Jesus is because the father does not appear to people. We know that because he told Moses like way back in the book of Exodus, I think it was, that nobody could look on the father's face and live. You know, so even Moses, who wanted to see the father's face, God didn't let him. Yeah, so nobody can look on the Father and live. Humanity just can't look at the Father. But we know that this angel mentioned in Judges 2 is part of the Trinity because the angel says that he brought the Israelites out of Egypt and that he was going to give them the land uh, promised to them. So regular angels that appear to people never give glory to themselves. They only ever give glory to God. They never say that, you know, they brought them out of Egypt or that they helped them with this or that. They always say, you know, God is going to do this thing or God helped them. They never give glory to themselves. But this particular angel did. This angel said that he was the one who brought them out of Egypt. So this means that this was most likely Jesus. We've seen Jesus appear actually multiple times before this. He appeared once to Joshua. He appeared to Abraham a handful of times. So we see Jesus appearing multiple times to many different people in the Old Testament. Even though his name wasn't Jesus yet, that wouldn't happen till the the New Testament. I'm just still going to call him Jesus here because clearly this angel is Jesus. But anyway, it says Yahweh's angel came from Gilgal to Bochim. He says, I have brought you out of Egypt and I have brought you to the land which I swore to give to your fathers. I said, I will never break my covenant with you. So God made a covenant with the people and he would never break his end of the promise. But part of that promise was that if the Israelites didn't uphold their end of the promise, that God would begin to curse the Israelites. That was part of the promise, and the Israelites absolutely 100% knew that and agreed to it. So in verse 2, you shall break down their altars, but you have not listened to my voice. Why have you done this? Therefore, I also said, I will not drive them out from before you, but they shall be in your sides, and their gods will be a snare to you. So Jesus here, Yahweh's angel, makes this very sad statement to the people, and he says, look, You haven't upheld your end of the bargain. You left the people in the land. You made them into slaves. You are living among them. You are adopting their culture. And so because you have done this, I am not going to help you anymore. And all of a sudden, the angel left. It says in verse four, when Yahweh's angel spoke these words to the children of Israel, the people lifted up their voice and wept. And they called the name of that place Bochim which means weeping, and they sacrificed there to Yahweh. So at first it seems like the people are very, very sad about this and the people are upset over what they have done. But it turns out they are not upset at all. They're only upset that God 
is upholding his end of the bargain, that he is going to begin to not help the Israelites if they start worshiping other gods and if they start disobeying God. And so the people are crying, they're weeping, they're like, no, you know, we don't want this. We want God to help us again. And so they're sacrificing all these sacrifices, but there's no true repentance. Repentance means to turn away from what you're doing, like literally do a 180 and change your ways. And these people here are not changing their ways at all. They're just going about their ways and continuing on. So the people do not have true sadness here. The people are only upset that they're caught, basically, just like uh, kids. (laughs) When I was a kid, I was never really, really sorry over something I had done. Not very often anyway. I was only ever sorry that I got caught. Like, for example, I I have always had a, a sweet tooth. I love chocolate. And as a kid, I would sneak chocolate all the time. And when I got caught, I was never, ever sad that I snuck that chocolate. (laughs) I was only ever sad that I got caught. And I kind of wish that I would have been sad about sneaking the chocolate and would have changed my ways because to this day, I still love chocolate far too much. I love it so much that I will eat it until I am sick. But you know what? Even nowadays, when I get sick from eating chocolate, do I repent and stop eating chocolate? Absolutely not. I'm just upset that I get a stomach ache. <laughs> I'm not upset that I ate the chocolate. Okay, this is a really bad analogy. I'm sorry. It has nothing really to do with the Israelites here. But my point is, similarly, the people weren't really sad and like repentant over their ways. They were just sad that they got caught and that God wasn't going to help them take the land anymore. But the, the saddest thing about all of this is verse six, actually. Now, when Joshua sent the people away, this means that this story happened when Joshua was alive. The Israelites began doing this immediately, even while Joshua was alive. And so remember what I said on Wednesday. I mentioned how it might have been unwise for Joshua to not appoint another judge or another leader rather before he died. And I think that this is very true because God warned all of the people here. Yahweh's angel came down and warned all the people. And yet Joshua didn't appoint a new leader to Israel. So, yeah, I I do think it was rather unwise for Joshua not to appoint a new leader. It says, when Joshua sent the people away from all of this, the children of Israel each went to his inheritance to possess the land. So this explains a little bit why there were so few military successes in Judges chapter one, what we talked about on Wednesday. God was helping the people a lot less because of the sins that they were committing and the disobedience that they had in their hearts. Now, in verse seven, though, to Joshua's credit, it does say that the people served Yahweh all the days of Joshua. And all the days of the elders who outlived Joshua, who had seen all the great works of Yahweh that he had worked for Israel. So notice that the people who truly saw God work, like all the miracles that God performed, those were the people who continued to worship God after Joshua had died. 
But it says that the second those elders all died and Joshua died, it says that the next generation didn't know Yahweh. Here's what it says in verse 10. After that, another generation arose after them who didn't know Yahweh, nor the works which he had done for Israel. So because they couldn't see God working, they chose not to believe in God, which is actually kind of kind of preposterous if you think about it, because they turned away from Yahweh to begin worshiping the Canaanite gods is what it says next. But yet the Canaanite gods also didn't perform any miracles <laughs> because they were fake. They were literally made out of stone and made out of metal and whatever else that people made them out to look like. And yet the the Israelites started worshiping those gods. Uh, it says that the children of Israel did what was evil in Yahweh's sight and served the Baals. The Baals, we're going to hear a lot, a whole lot about the Baals moving forward into Israel's history because Israel is going to worship the Baals and Moloch and Ashtoreth a whole lot. We're going to see those three names come up a lot. So the Israelites began worshiping the Baals and it says they followed after other gods, the gods of the people who were around them, just as God said would happen. He told the Israelites, if you don't get rid of the Canaanites out of this land, you are going to serve their gods. But notice back up in verse two, when Jesus or Yahweh's angel appears to the people, you shall make no covenant with the inhabitants of the land and you shall break down their altars, but you have not listened to my voice. Why have you done this? So even while Joshua was still alive, the people did not break down the altars of the false gods. Now, the point of Israel was to be different from the other regions of the world. The point of Israel was to literally show the truth of Yahweh to all the other surrounding peoples because God gave the law to the Israelites and the Israelites were supposed to follow the law and in doing so get blessed by God abundantly. And then this would make all the other regions of the world be like, what are the Israelites doing that is different from what we're doing? Why are they having so much success in everything? What is causing them to have this success? And then, of course, the nations of the world would be like, oh, they're following Yahweh. That is why they're having success. And then those nations would begin turning to Yahweh because everyone was allowed to follow the law. Everyone was allowed to convert to Judaism if they wanted to and begin following Yahweh. That was the point of what the Israelites were supposed to be. They're supposed to be a picture of God. Basically, they were supposed to reflect God. And so the Israelites weren't reflecting God. They weren't destroying the pagan altars and showing the nations what true religion really was, who the true God really was. Instead, they were tolerating the pagan gods of the nations and they weren't doing what they were supposed to be doing. And I mean, Jesus himself or Yahweh's angel specifically says, why have you done this? Why? Why are you doing this? Why aren't you just obeying me and showing the people of the world who the true God is? And so because of this, God was no longer going to actively be helping the Israelites take the land any longer. Then in verse 13, the people abandoned Yahweh. 
They served Baal and the Ashtoreth. Yahweh's anger burned against Israel. He delivered them into the hands of raiders who plundered them. So these raiders come into Israel and plunder the people. This is going to be a pattern that we see a whole lot throughout the entire book of Judges. The people turn away from God and God takes his hand of blessing off of the people. And then these other stronger militaries come in and harass the Israelites until the Israelites call back to God. And they're just like, God, help us. We need you. We're sorry. And then God sends a judge to help the Israelites uh, defeat whatever military power has overtaken them in that moment. So this is a summary, basically, of what's going to happen in the book of Judges. Uh, it, It says, wherever they went out, Yahweh's hand was against them. It says, as Yahweh had sworn to them, and the people were very distressed. So Yahweh raised up judges who saved them out of the hands of those who plundered them. Yet the people didn't listen to their judges. For they prostituted themselves to other gods and bowed themselves down to them. And they quickly turned away from the way in which their fathers walked, obeying Yahweh's commandments. They didn't do so. So even though God was super merciful and sent these judges to help Israel, the people still refused even to listen to the judges. Because human nature is always against God. Human nature always wants what is opposite to how God created us to be. Because human nature is the sin nature, basically. And the sin nature is always opposite to God. And so that's why God hates sin. God hates sin because sin causes death. God gives life and sin causes death. But anyway, guys, the moral of the story is that even though the Israelites sinned and we're going to continue to sin, God was going to rescue them basically over and over and over with these judges. Now God was going to uphold his end of the covenant, his end of the promise where he said, if you worship me, I am absolutely going to bless you. But if you choose not to worship me, then I'm going to take my hand of blessing away and other people are going to come in and rule over you. If you don't want me as a ruler, other people will rule over you. Faithful listeners, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. We are going to discuss more about judges on Monday. So tune in then. And I hope that you have a fantastic rest of your weekend. And as always, happy listening and God bless. Ooh.